Hey, this is Jason DeVore from Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Now you can go. <laughs> and welcome to this episode of the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel. If you happen to see that little intro right there, we're still dealing uh, with some uh, new technical difficulties and all of that fun stuff. But we really do appreciate you joining us on the podcast. In my, in my world, I'm in the IT world. We call that a PEBCAC problem. A problem pep- exists between keyboard and chair. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that contribution, hey, Dave. IT humor. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. Wow. We told Tim to wait five seconds, and he didn't wait five seconds. So that was a pep cat. All right, and uh, you just heard Mr. Dave King, managing editor of Bright Side of the Sun. Hello there. And uh, somebody that we could not forget. Well, you could, Mr. Greg Esposito. Good morning. Hey, before we get into it, I want to say hi to Quincy, who I met last night over at Joe's Farm Grill. He watches the show and came over and uh, and said hi while I was eating uh, dinner with the family. So, Quincy, thanks for, uh, for watching and listening. Really got recognized while you were eating? Yep. Guy goes, hey, and I was, uh, I was really excited. I got recognized last week at Devin Booker's camp too so i don't know if it's the same guy or is a different guy we're probably only one guy (laughs) quincy's just showing up everywhere where we're at going hey you guys have a youtube channel don't you no but uh so so we got a bunch of stuff that we're going to do today one of which is we are going to finish up our series on comparing the sun's backcourt to the rest of the teams in the west which i'm really excited about uh we're also going to talk about uh some advanced stats some comments from Alex Lynn. But before we get into a little bit of local Arizona talk, there was a comment that Alex Lynn said uh, that just came out prior to recording the show that I want to get your guys' take on. Um, And he said that if he started his career with a team like Atlanta instead of Phoenix, his career would have turned out differently. And to quote, he said, I would have been way ahead of where I'm at right now. Like, it's not even that crazy to say. Do you guys agree? Well, I don't I don't disagree if you look at it. How many of the guys that were drafted since Lance Blanks took over uh, with Lon Babby through the McDonough era have actually blossomed and developed into anything in the Phoenix system? Devin Booker is the one that you can really point to, and the jury's out on DeAndre Ayton. How many of them are, you know, like you've got Kendall Marshall who's not even in the league and was a uh, was a first-round pick. Alex Len struggled. Dragon Bender uh, was was debatable whether he was going to get an NBA contract. Marquise Chris is uh, doing God knows what. Josh Jackson may be out of the league. Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous for Alex Len to sit there and say if I had come up in a better uh, system or a better environment that was uh, capable of. Uh, molding talent better that his career would be in a better place i i don't think that's nuts to say uh i hope it's different now under uh, under james jones and monty williams but i i don't think it's i don't think it's that ridiculous for alex len to say i, I it might be a little ridiculous for him to put it all at the feet of, of somebody else but <laughs> but i i don't think it's crazy that's my huge problem with this is is that alex len's putting it at the feet of the phoenix suns there's there's a couple of reactions i have to this well, actually, three reactions. One, good for Alex. I'm happy he's happier. I really am. And he's in a he's in a new environment. Sometimes we just need new environments. If we're not if we're stagnating in one environment, no matter what the problem is, the problem could be us. Problem could be them. Problem could be both people, both sides. <clears throat> um, it's sometimes it's just really good to be in a new environment. And I'm happy for him. But it would be nice if he said that if he actually became a better player. I mean, if you actually look at his stats last year, he was worse except for taking three pointers in the corner. Maybe he's happier just hanging out in the in the in the corner, waiting for a, a kickout pass on the weak side for a three pointer, and good for him. And if that's player development, hey, awesome. Uh, but he rebounded worse. He had a, he had worse advanced stats. He had worse offensive win shares, worse defensive win shares, worse total win shares, worse win shares per forty eight. All last year, maybe, you know, maybe he's a breakout guy. Uh, And then the third um, observation I'm going to have is that big men do take a while. And I know people don't like to hear that. But Alex Lynn has just now played his age 25 year last year. He's going into his age 26 year. And we know 
he was underdeveloped coming out of college. He didn't even make second team all, uh, I think it was ACC he was in with Maryland um, or whatever conference that was. He didn't even make one of the top two all ter- all, all conference teams um, in college. So he had a long way to go. And of course you factor in his ankle issues this first year or two. I'm happy for him. I hope he becomes a solid NBA rotation player. But for him to say he's miles better and it's not even crazy to say that, um, I'd like to see it on the court. So more power to him. I hope he has an awesome year this year. It reminds me a little bit of Robin Lopez, too. I think there's an inherent pressure when you're drafted in a certain spot. And, and obviously Lopez was drafted lower than uh, than Len was but when you're the number five pick, uh, when you're the number five pick and there were expectations and you go through uh, as poorly as uh, as some of those sons teams played that he was on i get it too i mean man there is probably a freedom to go to atlanta and not have massive expectations on you as well and i won't lie uh i i think uh i think that basically I'm biased when it comes to Alex Len too. I got a chance to really know the guy, uh, mm-hmm. and he is a genuinely good guy. I liked Alex Len, so I, I root for a guy like that. I mean, I remember going to New York City with him for draft lottery one year when we took uh, and uh, a, a young Suns fan, teenager who had just uh, overcome cancer, and they played basketball in Central Park, and we did lunch, and and he just sat there and talked for hours with this kid about uh, about playing basketball and about life and uh, and about what was going on uh, in his world because obviously there were some tough times in the Ukraine where he's from so I pull for a guy like that and I, I I'm sympathetic to that so this kind of a quote I go okay I can see where that's coming from but to Dave's point hopefully his stats back up for him in Atlanta this year as well so. All right. So the what's funny there, too, is that uh, it was almost like Dave knew that we were going to talk about that. And I didn't warn either of you guys. So uh, shout no, out to I you. actually I saw the quote online prepping for the show and I immediately went to his stats page. I'm like, God, he did better. Good for him. I'm happy. Wait a minute. <laughs> he did worse across the board, except he took more threes. Yeah. Um... So shout out to Dave for being prepared uh, with yeah. stats the minute we were actually talking about a segment. Uh, good, good for you. So, uh, local take. <laughs> local take. Who is more likely to be a superstar in Phoenix, the Cardinals rookie quarterback Kyler Murray or DeAndre Ayton? No, Devin Booker. No, no, no. I, I changed oh, it up on you guys. It on this. Yes. You oh, son of a. Well, now this is easier. Well, now for me. I'm not even prepared. Now this is easy for me. I, I think this is no, this is no disrespect to DeAndre Ayton, but I think it's it's Kyler Murray because when you look at it, there's nobody in Kyler Murray's way from being the man on his team. He's gonna be the leader. He's gonna be number one for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, one preseason game in, you saw that he's already taken a taken a leadership role, and DeAndre Ayton's got Devin Booker in front of him and he'll he'll be one b to to devin booker's one a as long as booker's in town so i don't i don't think that one's a, much of a debate at all i think it's kyler murray uh pretty quickly now the, the bigger question to me is who gets to the playoffs first who has who has a better chance at a championship out of those two that one becomes a, a little more interesting for me but uh, i still give the edge probably to the cardinals at this point just because of the how easy it is for nfl teams to go from worst to first uh, at any point uh, so i think it's kyler murray because tim decided to change what would have been a good debate and do an easy one so yeah no i um, i'll explain why i think it's kyler murray as well and it's just expanding on the kind of thing that greg was talking about kyler murray has a much better chance of making a difference for his team and being the difference for his team because he's got the ball in his hands on every single play that's like um the whole the whole argument against deandre ayton being the number one pick or being worth the number one pick is that he can't put the ball in his own hands somebody else has to put the ball in his hands he had a historic season and still nobody noticed but last year, guys like Trey Young and, and other point guards, even Colin Sexton might have gotten a little bit more press than DeAndre Ayton last year because he had the ball in his hands 
all the time. That's the difference. Kyler Murray is is a huge difference maker. He's really good. Of course, Josh Rosen had the ball in his hands too, and I would pick DeAndre Ayton over Josh Rosen any day of the week. Um, but Kyler Murray is special, and when you've got a special player who also has the ball in their hands constantly, that can be a huge difference maker. So easily, it's Kyler Murray between DeAndre Ayton and Kyler Murray. If you, you did it between Devin Booker and Kyler Murray, that would be a much tougher discussion. Well, you you, you bring up Josh Rosen. I, people bust on DeAndre Ayton, and I even see Mark say Ayton isn't hungry enough in, in the chat. But, like, to me, if you want to look at a guy – that didn't have the hunger, that didn't have the passion. Josh Rosen was a guy like that. DeAndre Ayton uh, has has that Shaq attitude. He comes at it of, uh, I'm I'm a fun guy. I want to have fun. Those kind of things. And maybe he isn't isn't locked in enough, or wasn't in year one. But it's not dispassionate. Dispassionate was Josh Rosen, and you could see it in everything Josh Rosen did. Disdainful. I mean, he's not even going to beat out. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think in Miami. Yeah, so I, I, I yeah, I take DeAndre Ayton a thousand times over over a Josh Rosen. Kyler Murray, to your point, uh, is going to have a larger impact because he has the ball in his hands. But Devin Booker, Kyler Murray, they're both guys that uh, uh, that have the ball in their hands a lot. I still think I'd give a slight edge in that case to Kyler Murray simply because, because he'll have him more. Yeah. and and because of the fact that I think the Cardinals are, are going to have a better chance to to reach the top of that mountain to win a championship uh, over the Suns, and it's just because of the league that they play in. So, You know, this is <laughs> um, another reason uh, to, to think that Kyler Murray is going to have a better impact career-wise than Devin Booker is that Kyler Murray doesn't have to play defense. He That's only has true. to do what he's good I mean, it would be it'd be uh, a big surprise and a horrible thing if Kyler Murray ever has to play defense. So, yeah, That's but the beauty of football really is that they only have can to you play imagine though having him? Oh, sorry, you got to be our starting cornerback too. If you're going to play quarterback, you got to be a cornerback as well. Can you imagine? No, I mean, but I, that is another advantage of the sport. To Tim's point, is right. you only have to play one end. Now, I, I, that's not to say I'm not crapping on DeAndre Ayton in any way. Everybody knows uh, I I think he's going to be fantastic. I, I think mm-hmm. he's already the third best center in Suns history. You can figure out the, the first two, but uh, I think uh, I think he's already, after one season, There's impressed me that much. Uh, I think you go Alvin Adams, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, oh, I, okay, I just don't put Amari at center, but that's I fine. tend to if not. You if, do, you, you do. if you don't put Amari there, it's either Shaq for one year or it's Mark West. I mean, that shows you how uh, how not deep the Sun Center uh, roster all time all time is there. So, but uh, DeAndre Ayton is a special talent, and uh, simply saying, I think Kyler Murray is gonna gonna wind up having. Uh, a larger chance of being a superstar does not mean I don't think DeAndre Ayton is going to be uh, going to be a star in his own right and be spectacular for the Suns team. And I think he's going to blossom this year in particular too, because what you're, what you're going to be able to see, uh, what you're going to be able to see uh, him do with Ricky Rubio giving him uh, passes is going to be uh, fantastic. And I think Monty Williams is going to design an offense that actually. Uh, actually uses his skill set properly this year as well, which is another thing that Kyler Murray has a benefit in. He is a head coach who designed a system that is 100% around Kyler Murray's strong suits, which DeAndre Ayton likely will never have. It'll always mm-hmm. be a, around Devin Booker's strong suit. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really really good point. Imagine Kyler Murray with Steve Wilkes as the head coach. I'd pick DeAndre Ayton over that. Yep, I think that's a, a definitely where uh, a place where I would certainly go with uh, with with uh, DeAndre Ayton over Kyler Murray. It's all about situation, system; those kind of things play a big part in, in whether or not a guy is gonna gonna have the better stardom here. And I think everything's gonna be built around Kyler Murray. And as, again, as long as Devin Booker's in Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton plays second fiddle. Suns Life Hack. Don't play Monday morning quarterback on Suns Reddit. Now back to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. 
Uh, we're going to break down some advanced stats right now. Uh, and the reason why we're going to break these ones down this week are changing up sort of the uh, advanced stats that we're going to be comparing the backcourts to. So I want to make sure everybody is on the same page with these. And that is including uh, you watching on YouTube, listening on the podcast, as well as my wonderful co-hosts here and Dave King and Greg Esposito. So defensive box plus minus. That is a per 100 possession stat. So if a if it's if a player had a 1.2, that means that that player contributed 1.2 points on the defensive end more than the average player, right? So that but that's that is per 100 possessions. But that's that right there is it, it relies heavily on percentages such as a steal percentage, rebound percentage, block percentage, et cetera, et cetera. And that's again the defensive well, box plus minus. Well, that's the problem on it, isn't it? Tim, that it's not really much more et cetera, et cetera than that. It's basically blocks, steals, and 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 uh, what else? Anything? Yeah, block, steals, uh, defensive rebounds. Uh, you know that oh, sort sorry, of thing. I, I'm not I'm not here to debate the uh, uh, usefulness of uh, specific stats, just to explain how they're accumulated, and you guys sure. can take what you want from there, right? So the best defensive uh, box plus minus on the Suns last season was Rashawn Holmes. Again, we're noticing a trend here at 1.5, and then D'Anthony Melton at 1.0. The other well, one that we're, the other well, one that we're going, uh, 0.2, I believe. Uh, the other one that we're going to talk about on today's episode is defensive win shares. So it's an estimated of player points allowed per 100 defensive possessions. Uh, basically, the way that you get this stat is player minutes times defensive possessions times league average points per possession uh, times teams times that team's pace uh, divided by league pace. Holy crap, you got to send that to NASA to figure out. Like, yeah, well, thankfully they have they have spreadsheets. But the reason why we're changing this up a little bit is because last week we uh, we did the counting stats and then we also compared some advanced stats. But I want to do counting stats, which are mostly offensive, and then compare some of the more uh, defensive stats. So we'll get can, into that. Can but, you explain why they call it counting stats? I'm going to go real simple here. Why is it counting stats? You keep referring to that, so... Uh, it's because of the guys who do the manual stat calcs at the games, where they literally have a have a grid right next to them, and they're and they're using a pencil. So they're literally so counting, counting at, them. Okay. They're literally counting, whereas the uh, the video based ones of screen assists and stuff like that aren't really counting stats until until somebody actually like everybody's got box scores. Everybody tracks games and plays in games. Those are counting stats. Okay. And uh, watching on YouTube, you will notice that Mr. Dave King, as well as myself, we are both wearing awesome uh, Sun solar panel shirts. Dave, you got to say something. Yeah, no, I just wanted to pop my chest, man, just like the players do on the court. What? I had to make sure you showed up on the camera right there. So if you guys want some, they're really nice shirts, serious, like quality shirts, uh, go to sunsshirts.com. Yeah, and right. really, are. look how good it looks on Tim, man. Yeah. Well, everything looks good on Tim when you're that cut and you're uh, not old. You know, well, I guess Tim's my age, but I look like I'm much older than I am, too. So, <laughs> yeah. so we I, had that debate on Twitter this, this week. This is right? true. So, so Tim, uh, so Tim, congratulations. Your CrossFit's working. You look spectacular in that shirt. Uh, thank you, guys. Super awkward. He's All right, real so... and he's spectacular. <laughs> so last week, we decided that the Suns' backcourt was better than the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Wolves, and the Kings. Now, to be fair, we were a little split on those decisions. We did two to one a lot. We didn't have unanimous because they're – I don't want it to make it look like we're complete homers and we think we're better than everybody. Uh, trust me, I don't think anyone that watches the show thinks that we are homers judging by the feedback on the comment section all right now the sun's the sun's backcourt we decided collectively and again to dave's point this is a, a voting so two out of three had to agree is worse than the lakers and the clippers all right now this week we are going to compare the sun's backcourts to the spurs the thunder the jazz the rockets the trailblazers the nuggets and the warriors and just to give you an update so Devin Booker last season, he averaged 26.6 points, 0.9 steals, 6.8 assists. He had a 0.3 defensive win shares and a negative three defensive box plus minus. That's going to weigh down their uh, defensive stats 
through this entire episode. Ricky Rubio last season, 12.7 points, 1.3 steals, 6.1 assists, 2.8 defensive win shares, and 0.6 defensive box plus minus. That puts the Suns' total counting stats in the backcourt at 54.4 and their defensive stats at 0.7. All right, so we will start with the Spurs. The Spurs. Starting backcourt, again, this is projected from ESPN. We, they, uh, ESPN says that they're going to have DeJounte Murray and Derek White. DeJounte Murray last season, 8 points, 1.2 steals, 2.9 assists. Derek White, 9.9 uh, points, 1 steal, 3.9 assists, uh, with a total defensive uh, advanced stats of 9.8. The Suns clearly get the counting stats. The Spurs clearly get the defensive stats. Your guys' takes. I, I think that uh, this is Greg Popovich's hubris showing right here if he thinks that he can win with this backcourt. They sound like NBA 2K creative players, all right? This is certainly a backcourt that the Phoenix Suns are, are significantly better than, uh, and I don't have any hesitation saying that. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're going to look at – well, I think any game that the Suns and Spurs compete in this next year – uh, will look just like those counting stats and advanced stats showed. Um, the game will be probably in the 80s on each side, scoring-wise. Derek White and DeJunte Murray are excellent perimeter defenders, really, really good perimeter defenders. Neither is super tall. 6'4", um, 6'5", six, six, is, is okay, obviously. It's okay. Uh, but Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker are both a little bigger. Um, definitely Devin Booker is a much better shooter and Ricky Rubio is a better passer than either of the Spurs guys. However, um, whether the Suns win the game or not is up in the air because the Spurs guys know how to play, and uh, Greg Popovich gets them into playing really, really good team defense. So, But as far as backcourt, I'd, I'd have to lean toward the Suns, but that's, that's somebody who uh, is looking at the counting stats for sure. I don't even – I mean, I honestly – I like how you're switching really... glasses every time. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to notice. Um, uh, yeah. uh, honestly, I don't even really think it's it's all that close. I, I do think that uh, Ricky Rubio is better than Murray and Devin Booker is better than White. Look, and, and I get that everybody plays better defense with Popovich and, and it, they play better team basketball. But if we're looking at are these two guys better than the two guys the Suns are going to run out there in the backcourt? It's not even close uh, at all. I think it's certainly uh, the Suns are a better backcourt, and your hope is Monty Williams closes that gap on on you know how guys play based on coaching as well. Um, watching on the YouTube right now, do us a big favor, give that thumbs up button. It only takes a second, but it really helps with the thumbs YouTube up. algorithms. Um, so let's go ahead and vote because I don't think this is too much of a debate. The Suns backcourt better or worse than the Spurs? Suns better. All right, Spurs, fan freaking tastic. All right, let's move on to the Thunder. I think this will be a little bit more interesting. ESPN is projecting that they are going to have Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis. Uh, Alexander in the backcourt. There's no R in, in Gilgis, by the way, just uh, Gilgis. Chris Paul last season, 15.6 points, two steals, 8.2 assists. Alexander, 10.8 points, 1.2 steals, 3.3 assists. Total defensive counting stats for the Thunder, 4.5. Again, that's compared to 0.7 for the Suns. Counting stats for the Suns, 54.4 compared to 41.1 for the Thunder. So next season, what do you guys think? I'm going to take the Thunder slightly above the Suns. Uh, I, I just am. I just, I, I, wrong. I, you, I'm, you're welcome <laughs> to tell me I'm wrong. I mean, there's really... There's really no way to be right or wrong until these guys get on the court. And Cut, play him each off, other. Cut him off, Tim. Cut him off. Mute his hey, mute his mic. I'm the one with the mute button now, boys. So, so I control that. I have the power. Mute yourself, uh, Greg. I don't know. This this one's tough. It's probably closer to a push to be to be honest because. Well, let us are, talk you Are we really gonna it. Are we really gonna get a motivated Chris Paul and OKC? Because it doesn't sound like he really wants to be there but they can't find a trade partner that they're all right with now i really like shea gilgis alexander uh i think he is a, a fantastic young up-and-coming 
point guard. Uh, I, I liked what I saw from him in his first year in, in the, with the Clippers, and so I'm high on, on what he uh, is able to bring to the table, but I think it's probably close to a push. We're going to see Chris Paul not highly motivated, but if you got if you got full Chris Paul, I'm probably leaning slightly towards uh, OKC on this one, but I'll go with a push here. I feel Dave, like please tell him why he's wrong. <laughs> uh, um, I feel like people, uh, fans of the Clippers and now the Thunder, feel the same way about Shea Gilgis Alexander that Suns fans feel about Mikael Bridges, in that they're not stars on the stat sheet yet, but they are kind of stars in our hearts and stars on the floor. They do a little bit of everything. They get you all excited. They do the right plays at the right time, and uh, yet. They don't have to be the number one option. Shea uh, kind of faded out as far as counting stats and all that stuff toward the second half of the year for the Clippers only because they were pushing for the playoffs and all that. Um, I would say that it's a year too early for Shea Gilgis-Alexander and a year too late for Chris Paul uh, to be that effective or that ready to be better than the Suns' backcourt. So I have to give the backcourt nod to the Phoenix Suns on this one because Ricky Rubio is still in that sweet spot of being highly productive, and Devin Booker is just now approaching. He's he isn't even he isn't even at his prime yet, and he's and he's already better than any of those other three guys between Ricky, and Shea and Chris Paul. Hey, let me let me make something clear here to you two and everybody in the chat and anybody listening no on the R podcast. No, Tim, of course, letting everybody know how to pronounce something and uh, not ironic at all. <laughs> Uh, but let me make this clear. This would be a pretty damn boring episode if all three of us just went, yep. It's a, so sometimes I'm going to look at this and I'm going to go, qualify yourself. Yeah, I'm just, everybody's like getting on my case. And like, sometimes you got to take the argument. You're not reading the chat. That is pretty obvious. Hey, hey Greg, I'm, I'm going to give you one, one piece of advice. And I think you know this already, but something that I've learned is never read the comments. Uh, well, yeah, no, no, we read the comments. Unfortunately, read the comments. unfortunately, this new program puts them front and center while I'm, uh, while I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> here so i see everything people are saying as we're doing Look, the if, show. You, if you go on rep if you go on uh historical rep chris paul is the best of the four if you go on future possibilities some people think shea gilge gilgis alexander are gonna is going to have a better career than ricky rubio so if that's the case then uh then yeah why not uh, but i don't think so this year i think definitely the suns have the advantage this year okay yeah, but let that... me let me add this okay chris paul in in decline where he's at in his career and Ricky Rubio in his prime. I don't think that that Ricky Rubio is significantly better than where Chris Paul is. Chris Paul was a superstar, right, and has taken a, a step or two down since then. Ricky Rubio is a very good player. So I don't think it's it's asinine to say even Chris Paul losing a step isn't that far is is pretty close even with Ricky Rubio in his prime. And I don't think well, that's an sure, insult. But you also have to take into account another player in this equation and that is uh somebody you've probably heard of before mentioned on uh our podcast before his name's Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> and I love D-Book and offensively he crushes what Shea Gil Gilgis Alexander is, is the R on the on the Alexander too, or is yes. it Alexander? Uh, no, I'm just asking. It's Alexander. <laughs> so, uh, but the, but defensively, then it, it becomes uh, either he's not Cher. Cher Cher Gilgis Alexander. And, uh, <laughs> so, but there's two ends of the court too. So I'm not, I'm not saying. That, that Shea is a better player right, than Devin Booker. So. Greg votes uh, for the Thunder. The rest of us vote smartly. All right. So we're going to say they're better than OKC, uh, especially given the fact that Chris Paul likely will only play 20 games. Right. He's, he's going to probably be on the Lakers within uh, three months. Oh, no. I was just thinking uh, injury. So this one, well, I, I definitely have an opinion on this. So the Jazz... 
starting backcourt, uh, projected starting backcourt, according to ESPN, Mike Conley, 21 points, 1.3 steals, 6.4 assists last season. Donovan Mitchell, 23.8 points, 1.4 steals, 4.2 assists. Counting stats, uh, that's a total of 58.1. That would go to the Jazz. Defensive stats, 4.5 compared to 0.7 for the Suns, uh, I do think that Mike Conley, even at this point in his career, is a better point guard than Ricky Rubio. Um, and even though I do, I would take Devin Booker 70 times out of 100 over Donovan Mitchell. I think that that's uh, a bit closer. I think Donovan Mitchell's really good, but he 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 provides more on the defensive end clearly than than Book does. Though I'd rather have Book all day. Not not saying that. Just more so that this doesn't really seem all that close to me, and it is the Jazz. Hey, Tim gets to be the idiot this time, not me. All right. It's... Hey, let me go before Greg. <laughs> Greg, you don't always have to be first. I'm not. I'm not saying I have to go. I just wanted to celebrate that I'm not going to be the idiot on this one. Dave, go ahead. <laughs> um, actually, uh, this is a tough one. Obviously, I like Devin Booker better as a player than Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell gets a lot of credit for having a much, much better team around him that Devin Booker never got credit for. But that is a long, long, drawn-out debate that has no winners in it other than their own local markets. Um, I'd like to see if Devin Booker was on the Jazz last year, the Jazz would have been a better team. I feel that way 100%. Um, Now, Mike Conley, I like better than Ricky Rubio. I've always liked Mike Conley. Mike Conley's only problem is he's older and he's more expensive. Uh, for the next two years, whereas Ricky Rubio costs about half as much as Conley and um, has at least three or four years of prime left in him. So, but the Jazz did right by upgrading to Mike Conley. I would have upgraded to Mike Conley too. I would pick him over Ricky Rubio. Uh, so I, it's, it's kind of a wash for me. I have a hard time uh, picking because I want to pick the Jazz actually as the better backcourt really because I like Mike Conley that much. Are we Greg. okay, are we really going to sit here and go on a diatribe about how Chris Paul is on the back half of his career and that Tim says he he may be injured, uh, all these things that why, yeah yeah why ricky because, rubio because mike ricky conley rubio. has been totally healthy no mike conley's been healthy he carried the grizzlies hold last on year. he's chris been paul totally healthy chris, he played chris 12 paul games is... two years ago and only played 70 last year it's not like he's like he's iron he, man he here and chris chris paul chris paul is a shorter point guard that, that is showing clear signs of regression in his at this point in his career age aside mike conley has not shown any of those um, regression yet. If anything, he had a really good year last year, and he is not. not uh, frankly, he's bigger and taller than Chris Paul. So, so it, it's not just age. It's showing, you know, where are they? Are they showing decline yet or no? And, and Mike Conley isn't yet. You guys are, are spectacular in how you how you look at this. Do you ever think that Mike Conley's season looked better than it was since he was playing on a Memphis team that wasn't particularly good, where Chris Paul mm. was playing on a team that was trying to win an NBA championship? You can't – you guys are having it one way with one guy, to, to make your point, and then grinding gears and trying to make it the other way. Now, You're I'm, doing I think, the same. You're, doing, not, you're taking away from Mike Conley for being on a losing team looking better, but, but trying to give extra credit for Devin, to Devin Booker for the same – no, I'm not. I said Devin Booker's stats are probably slightly inflated. I, the point here is, I, I don't think it's an obvious. I think this is actually a push between these teams, uh, because Conley and Rubio. Uh, it's basically that this is basically the Spider-Man meme. Okay, these two teams are looking at each other and pointing at each other, going, "Oh my God, it's the same backcourt." Right. I, I think that I, I think we've got a very similar situation. We all have debated to death the, the Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell side of things. Right. And in the end, I don't think those two players are too vastly different uh, in terms of impact that they have for the team. I agree with Dave. I think if Devin Booker had been on Utah, he had a slightly would have had a, a, a slightly larger impact last year on Utah than Donovan Mitchell did. And then I, th- the argument is I don't think the gap's that huge between where Conley is and where, uh, where Ricky Rubio 
is in terms of what you're looking for uh, in a system. I like Rubio uh, and what he's going to give. So, so like, I, I just I don't think this is some some easy uh, win for Mike Conley over Ricky Rubio. People will go, well, the Jazz gave up on Ricky Rubio to pick up Mike Conley, and yeah, it was. A, I think that has as much to do with the system that they play as anything. I, I think this year you're going to see Ricky Rubio. Uh, be just as good as Mike Conley on the court uh, for the Suns uh, as, as Conley is for the Jazz. So I don't think there is a, a clear-cut winner here. I think this is looking in the mirror. I, they're very similar backcourts. Uh, the Jazz needed scoring. The Suns do not. So it's perfect for each team then? Yeah. I mean, I think so. But I, I do agree with you, Dave, that Mike Conley is a better point guard right now than Ricky Rubio. And I'm as high on Ricky Rubio as someone should realistically be. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he's one of my top three players. Well, let's go ahead and vote so we can move on to the next team. I am voting that the Suns backcourt is worse than the Jazz. Yeah, I'll take the Jazz, but because of Conley, not because of the other guy. Yes, well, let's let's make that clear. That's that's why I am too. So, all right, internet. Dave and Tim think that Donovan Mitchell is significantly better than <laughs> Devin Booker, and that's why they're picking the Utah backcourt. Me, as always, I'm a hundred percent Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio supporter. So I'm going to give the Suns a slight edge, even though this is the Spider-Man meme of this debate. Oh gosh, that is uh, that is funny. All right, um, so let's compare the Rockets. The ESPN starting backcourt, I actually, I, I differed from them a bit because they had Aaron Gordon as the starting two guard and James Harden as a starting small forward. I just don't think that's right, so I changed it. Rockets backcourt last year, Russell Westbrook, 22.9 points, 1.9 steals, 10.7 assists. James Harden, 36 points, 2 steals, 7.5 assists. Counting stats, 81 <laughs> compared to the Suns, 54.4 on the defensive end, and this kind of surprised me. Uh, 13.8 compared to the Suns, 0.7. There's obviously questions of fit with this team, where I do think that the backcourt fits a bit better for the Suns. That being said... Uh, James Harden over Devin Booker in my mind and Russell Westbrook over Ricky Rubio in my mind. You guys make the case, please, why the Suns starting backcourt is going to be better than the Rockets. I can't. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, neither can I. Look, the Rockets are going to be a beautiful mess all season. I see Mike D'Antoni uh, growing his mustache back out and maybe even a full beard um, to try to come to just try to put a little bit more more insulation between him and those two guys fighting over the ball. I mean, they, if you could have two guys who are more the antithesis of a Mike D'Antoni offense, I don't know which two. Um, gosh, it's just he already he already had to work his way around to an ugly form of basketball at James Harden. Now it's going to be even weirder. Um, so that's going to be a beautiful mess. However, they are a better backcourt than the Suns. I can't argue. Um, they'll win more games until they get to the playoffs and then they'll lose in the playoffs. But I, I have a hard time saying the Suns are a better backcourt. Yeah, you've got two MVP candidates, uh, one guy that's averaged uh, a triple-double. Like, I, it's my, I'd love to play Homer here and, and tell you <laughs> that, it, that it's the Suns, but I mean, I'd be lying through my teeth if I did that. And I think most people would feel that. Now, if, if you're saying Eric Gordon's the starting shooting guard, okay, Devin Booker's better than Eric Gordon. I can Aaron, tell you, Aaron Gordon, Eric, by the way, I, I messed up earlier. I've, I've made that mistake. Or Eric, I said Aaron. Um, yeah, I made that mistake hey. so many times. In fact, I just did by correcting Espo when he said it correctly. So I, if if Aaron if Aaron Gordon is the starting shooting guard for the Rockets, their backcourt has some big problems, and I will go with yeah. the Suns. But I mean, yeah, if Erica Gordon is who we're counting here, sure, Devin Booker's better than him. No, but... it's Erica. Wow, we can't get this right at all. Er Erica, we? Erica Gordon. Yeah, I <laughs> sure. If if we're starting a, a, some WNBA third stringer in the backcourt, then yeah, the, Devin Booker's probably better than than that probably too. But no, there's no way you can say that Houston is uh is not better than the suns no matter how you slice it here uh it, they're just they're better they're more talented now it could explode in, in spectacular fashion but in the end they're still even if they make a trade gonna have one of those two guys 
and it's an yeah. MVP candidate. So, all right. So I think we're all in agreement there. As much as uh, we're trying to play Homer, it's, even even playing devil's advocate is hard on that one. Uh, this one a little bit more interesting. Curious to get your guys' take on this. The Trailblazers. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard last mm. season, 25.8 points, 1.1 steals, 6.9 assists. McCollum, 21 points, 0.8 steals, 3 assists. Counting stats, 58.6. Go to the Trailblazers. Defensive stats, 3.5. Again, go to the Trailblazers. Um... I think it's got to go to the Trailblazers too. I'm trying to figure out how I like, I'd rather have Damian Lillard than uh, Devin Booker or Ricky Rubio. And I'd rather have CJ McCollum than uh, Ricky Rubio. So I, I don't know. I love me some CJ McCollum. I really do. In fact, I really liked him coming out of college way back in 2013 when he just as a six, two uh, mostly shooting guard, partly combo guard, just wasn't the right fit for that Suns team at that time. And I was all for Alex Len being drafted and for McCollum to go right around where he did was 10th. But um, you could now say he's one of the top two or three best players out of that draft. He is not necessarily an all-star, uh, but he is a super, super good shooter. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of his and obviously Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard. So yeah, you've got to give Portland the edge, but it's closer than people think. Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio have not played well, have played at all together yet. I think people will be hugely surprised at how well those two play off each other. And um, I'm looking forward to that, but you've got to give, got to give the nod to Lillard and McCollum, in my opinion. Look, I, I would, I'd love to say, you know, off the court, I'd give it to Devin Booker and, and Ricky Rubio, but even there you got Dame dropping, uh, dropping rap albums. You got CJ McCollum with a hit podcast. Like I can't find any. Uh, I was just listening to CJ's <laughs> podcast before this. Oh, it's, re- I, it's th- actually I thought you really were going to say you were just listening to uh, Damien Lillard's uh, uh, new rap? album. Da- yeah, Dame Dame up, uh, yeah, I'm more of a podcast guy than a rap guy. He dropped a uh, dropped a really right. nice freestyle the other day. Okay. Is anybody shocked by the statement that Dave just said? I'm more of a podcast guy than a rap guy. That that could be on your headstone. Everybody go, yep, that's a hundred percent right. My, that could be my tagline of my life. That could be I, get a T-shirt that says. I don't. That. I don't think that we should the make fun of them. I'm more of a podcast guy than a rap guy. That will be a new. That should be. <laughs> that needs to be your Twitter bio too, Dave. But yeah, I just. I should. I, you know, I might actually change my Twitter bio. <laughs> I mean, we we recently Greg went to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert, and recently I went and saw the Nationals. So as far as uh, listening to cool hip music, I'm not sure that any of us. Uh, takes the crown on that one. And I'm about to buy John Mayer tickets. So this doesn't get any wider than the three people sitting here. Again, not a comment that shocks anybody. Well, last God, year. that's even worse. It's old and it's and it's not hip. Wow, it's it's more breaking a hip than hip. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Fabio, Fabio on the YouTube chat says now we need a solar panel mixtape. Oh God. It would be so bad. Uh, just <laughs> auto-tune some of our greatest hits from the show, and we'll drop it. Oh, man. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. What's, 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 that song, what's that song from Anchorman where they're all they're all singing it on a, on a uh, clear blue night or whatever? What's, it, how, what's that song? The uh, Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. Delight. Afternoon Delight. So, on my last podcast that I did, uh, which was called uh, The Driving Dish. They're still making uh, episodes, by the way. We did a rendition of Afternoon Delight and put it on the intro of the shows, and I think the three of us could really nail Afternoon Delight. God. Woo! Afternoon Delight. Way back in Delight. the college days, um, it was um, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, but that song's been way too old now. It's gonna a make a, It's going to make a comeback because you've got the uh, – uh, the new Top Gun Maverick movie coming out, and I guarantee they sing it in there. Oh, that yeah. Movie, so. There we go. So we're going to have a rebirth, <laughs> and my kids will say, I love this new song, and I'll have to tell them the history of it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we uh, we also get a shirtless volleyball scene in the remi- remake of that movie, which I'm just... Tim's going to be an extra in that one. Uh, Jesus Christ, guys. Tim, <laughs> okay, Tim, is, so Tim is now excited you about shirtless. You're the one who brought up shirtless. Tim's excited uh... for shirtless volleyball and Dave... <laughs> 
Dave prefers podcasts to rap. We've hit we've hit the weirdest off season episode of the summer. It's freaking August. I did I did not say I was excited for it. All right, so let's go let's go ahead and vote. I am voting that the Suns backcourt is unfortunately worse than the starting backcourt of the Trailblazers. I would, yeah, I'd say I think Portland's better. I would agree, and I don't. Hey, think so who's better. this generation's Kelly McGillis? Do we know? The new uh, Top Gun? No, we don't know. I don't believe we know who it is, but it'll be somebody wildly too young for Tom Cruise. Uh, is, is too my young? Guess. Oh yeah, yeah. In the in the in, in, in the, the original movie, though, yeah. the girl was too old for Tom. Yeah, Cruise. Yes, I, it's going to be a role reversal where Tom Cruise is the creepy old guy hitting on a young recruit. Is my guess. In Unless the, they actually bring back Kelly McGillis, the actual Kelly McGillis, as his wife. I don't because he'll be an old instructor. Isn't he playing the old instructor? No, he's he's still actually flying in this. We are breaking down okay. Top Gun Maverick now. So I, I think that this is a perfect segue to say that if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening in the podcast <laughs> and you feel like you get a lot out of this show and you <laughs> and you do want to do a monthly donation of one, five, or ten dollars. Oh, this is one to ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> If you do the if you do the ten dollar option, I will send you uh, some sun swag. Personally, I have some that's going to go out uh, this week, and I do want to thank a listener, Joshua Henson, for hitting the support the show button and being a monthly subscriber. Also, uh, if you do it at some point, we always do a yearly fantasy basketball league, and uh, people that are supporters of the show are going to have first entry on that. So that's another way to do it. But anyway, thank hey, you so the, much, Joshua. If you drop the fifty dollar option, right? You get the mix. You get the mixtape first. So we get, we don't have a fifty dollar option. Exactly. Nobody would well, want to pay. 10, <laughs> if you do five ten dollar options, we'll we'll do a mixtape. We'll do it live for you. How about that? So, <laughs> Jesus. I'll come to your right. house and do a mixtape for fifty dollars a month. So. <laughs> So hit the support the show button. One dollar a month really does help us and goes a long way. All right, let's compare them to the Denver Nuggets. And this one is kind of fun. Jamal Murray, a lot of news about him recently. 18.2 points last season, 0.9 steals, 4.8 assists. Gary Harris, who did, by all accounts, have a down year last year. So I think that these stats are a bit off. But uh, Gary Harris last season, though, didn't he? Uh, no. Um, Gary Harris last season, 12.9 oh, points. One steals, 2.2 assists for counting stats go to the Suns because the Nuggets had a total of 40 defensive stats, which, again, it's going to happen every single time. Go to the Nuggets with 1.8. My vote still goes on the Phoenix Suns regardless of the defensive stats. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think there's a slight opportunity Denver could be better if for some reason – Rubio doesn't live up to our our expectations or the injury bug gets him. But I think uh, if we're just looking again in a vacuum at at these two, uh, these four guys compared to each other, I think this is this is a win for the Suns and in in a lot of ways. So I agree. I I know I'm probably biased and and I um, Adam Morris and and other guys uh, with the with the Nuggets. Uh, will disagree with me probably, but I really think Jamal Murray is a very poor man's Devin Booker. I don't see anything that Jamal Murray does better than Devin Booker does. I think they have the same flaws and the same um, abilities, and, and just Booker's just better in all the all the parts except for having a better team around him. Jamal Murray's had a better team around him. Devin Booker is not. That's about it. Gary Harris, I would have given, obviously – Gary Harris, a big nod over any other Suns guard over the past several years. But I really do think uh, Ricky Rubio negates that as well. So I, to me, it's a clear win when you talk about just the starting backcourt. I think the depth and the and the breadth of the Denver roster is clearly a lot better than the Suns. But um, in those two guys, I definitely it's it's got to be the Suns who win out. And Serene over on the YouTube chat did point out that Jokic is Denver's point guard. We we're kind of aware of that, but uh, the comparisons there are going to come when we do the front court comparison. So, right. um, I mean, I completely agree. I, I think it's it's the Suns to Dave's point. I do think that Devin Booker is better than Jamal Murray at basically everything, but Jamal Murray is really damn good. So, uh, you know, not, sure. not crapping on him by any stretch. We're not crapping on him at all. We're not. Jamal Murray is very good. Definitely. And I actually, I really like Gary Harris too. 
But I, th- I, I think Denver Denver is an, is certainly an interesting backcourt, and Gary Harris, to your point, is prime for for a bounce back year. They obviously were one of the best teams in the West, and when you look at it in totality, uh, I, I understand that Denver fans would would probably be pissed off at us for for this. But I just think if we're looking solely at the backcourt, like like Tim's talking about, I, I think you have to just give the edge to the Suns. That the sum of the parts is is better than. Uh, then Denver's so yep uh so I guess we all agree then that the Phoenix Suns backcourt is better than the Nuggets correct yep all right last team we are going to compare the Golden State Warriors Steph Curry last season 27.3 points 1.3 steals 5.2 assists D'Angelo Russell last season 27 points 1.2 steals 7 assists counting stats 63 that goes to the Warriors the defensive stats 3.2 that goes to the Warriors as well it's hard to argue why the Suns would be better unless you guys have some sort of uh, uh, argument that uh, or take that i don't know hey it's it's hard to argue too when you go oh yeah they get clay thompson back at some point too and technically he'll be part of that backcourt like anybody that argues that the sun's backcourt is better than the warriors i have a padded room for you which is ironic because i am sitting in a padded room right now recording this uh this show but uh, this it's not there's no way that you can make an argument that the sun's backcourt is better than one of the top three players in the game uh, in in Steph Curry, and then D'Angelo Russell, who was an up-and-comer, and then Klay Thompson, who uh, who is one of the best shooters in the game. Now, if you want to go, uh, is Devin Booker better than D'Angelo Russell? I say yes. I'll say, is, uh, is Devin Booker uh, on par with Klay Thompson? Probably if if he gets to shoot like he can with, but you're not gonna make any argument that no. anybody's better than Steph. So there's no way you can actually make this sound right. Yeah, I'm not even gonna waste as much breath as Greg did. Uh, Warriors definitely have the upper hand on there, and it's not even worth debating. If you ranked the five guys, because you got to put Clay Thompson in that mix, I would probably go <clears throat> Curry, Clay. Devin until Devin uh, proves it um, on a better team, and then D'Angelo Russell, and then Ricky Rubio. Yep, just have to. Uh, 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 I I take Rubio over Russell. I think that Russell uh, had a good second half of the season with counting stats, albeit very inefficient. I would still rather have Ricky Rubio than D'Angelo Russell. I really do think that that contract is going to become an albatross at some point, and people are going to be really regretful of that contract, regardless of whether or not the Warriors just signed him so that they could trade him later or the team team that ends up trading for him. Yes, a team other than the Warriors is going to regret it because somebody's going to acquire D'Angelo Russell at that salary first while the Warriors get the most they can out of him. And then that next team is going to be the one who regrets it. And I I agree. I agree, Tim. I'd rather have Ricky Rubio on this team. Um, I chose him. I knew I wanted him from the very start out over D'Angelo Russell for sure. I just think Russell is overall, though, a better individual player, has more talent, and is much younger. I think if we're just looking at this year, look, I want Ricky Rubio uh, over Russell, I did in this, and I think Rubio will be great in the Sun system. But D'Angelo Russell's counting stats aren't going to drop playing with the Warriors and, and playing with Ricky Rubio. He's going to look, or excuse me, playing with Steph Curry. He's going to look fantastic out there. And if we're just looking at this year, I, I think I think it's fair to put him slightly ahead of Rubio based on situation that he's in. So let's go ahead and vote. I am going with the Warriors backcourt being better than the Suns. Any argument from you guys? Not in the least. No. Nope. Okay. So to recap this then, and by the way, we're going to do the front court uh, starting next week, but the Suns backcourt is better than, according to our voting, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Wolves, the Kings, the Spurs, OKC, and the Nuggets. That is worse than the Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, Rockets, Trailblazers, and Warriors, which puts the Suns in the West as having the seventh best backcourt. It's about fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. Better. I think if they have a really good season, they'll end up better. And if they have a uh, below average season, they'll end up worse. So I think this is perfect. 
All right, and now for what I deem as my favorite part of the show, and that is where we answer your guys' mailbag questions. Some of these come from podcast listeners who hit us up on Twitter at Suns Solar Panel. The other ones are coming in the YouTube chat right now. I'm going to start this off with a question that we got on Twitter from one of our podcast listeners. This comes from Elliot. He said, who starts at small forward next season, Bridges or Ubre?" Uh, I think to start the season, Ubre gets the nod just because of what they gave him in the off season. But before uh, before the end of the year, I think McHale is the starter and Ubre is the super sixth man that uh, gets you the scoring that you need off the bench. Yeah, in the uh, <clears throat> in the USA scrimmage on Friday evening, uh, Team USA versus the Select Squad. Mikel did basically what he's he did for the Suns most of last year, which is which is do everything on the court except touch the ball. I think he had one shot attempt, maybe two, in the entire game. Uh, he drew a foul on one and made his free throws, but he otherwise just kind of played uh, preventive defense where he kept the guy he was guarding from receiving any kind of passes, but otherwise didn't really show up on the stat sheet. Uh, having said that, I think Mikel will end up as a better overall player than Kelly Oubre in his career. But for this year, Kelly Oubre is going to put up the kind of stats. What's going to happen, I think, is what we've been talking about. Kelly Oubre is going to start. He's going to he's going to be the first sub out or one of the first subs out, and he's going to play a lot of second unit time, helping them with a scorer when Devin Booker is resting, and then he's going to end up uh, closing the game with Mikel Bridges as the Suns front court a lot. Um, I really think that Ubre is going to play the most minutes between the two and he'll start the games. Yeah. And I, I do think to your point that Mikhail Bridges is going to end up closing a lot of games uh, for the but Suns. With Ubre out there too. So that's, I, I, I just think uh, definitely Bridges is a glue guy and Kelly Ubre is, is still going to get a few, a few more minutes. That's all. A lot of switching is going to go on with that. Uh, next one, well, we are getting in your questions over on the YouTube chat. This one comes from one of our podcast listeners on Twitter. He said, this is coming from, and his Twitter handle is work harder. Just for my own sanity, why is everyone, quote Dave, so against Aiton being a power forward? Please a little more than because he's not a power forward this time. His game, his game clearly thinks differently. Huh. I, I Well, I'll explain why I don't think DeAndre Aiton is a power forward. I mean, if you're looking at it like a Charles Oakley type back in the 90s, then maybe he could have he could have slotted there. But the dude, this is not that kind of NBA, because when you say you're going to put DeAndre in a power forward, that means you're going to have someone even more physical and bigger in the middle playing center. And you just can't go. It, um, you just can't go on and on and on with two seven footers out there. That's not the basketball game today. So power forward is not DeAndre's future. DeAndre's future is at center because you need him to be the only big man on the court. That doesn't mean he can't be a stretch guy. He can be a stretch guy. He can take three-pointers. He can take jump shots and all that. But when I say center, what I mean is he's the, the biggest guy on the court, and he's going to get the most rebounds, and he's going to be expected to defend the paint. That's, that's what I'm talking about, and I don't see how you can possibly argue that there should be two seven-footers who are 260 pounds on any court in the NBA today. Yeah, uh, damn you, Twitter, because I'm going to have to say this now. Dave is 100% right here. It's the game as to why uh, why DeAndre Ayton isn't a power forward now. It's not that in, in the previous uh, iterations in the NBA that he wouldn't have fit as a power forward, but right now the way the game is, that four spot is is a stretch guy, is, is not your typical big man. I, I think to Dave's earlier point, you're more likely to see Kelly Oubre play power forward than you ever are to see DeAndre Ayton play power forward on this roster, and it's just a byproduct of where today's game is. Now, DeAndre may may stretch that range and shoot some threes this year as center, but he's never going to be a stretch four in an offense, and, and that's why I think he's not a power forward. I think there are certain lineups in which you could definitely have him out there playing the power forward, though. Um, for example, with the Nuggets against Jokic and Paul Millsap, I think that that could be a lineup uh, that could work if you're talking about uh, the Pelicans out there. Um, 
uh, with Zion and Derek Favors. I think that that's a lineup in which you could have a couple of bigs. Uh, there was another team oh, uh, with uh, Toronto, if they have Ibaka as well as Marcus Gasol out there. I think there are situations in which you could have Aaron Baines and DeAndre Ayton out there um, on the court together. And I think if you're going to have those two on the court together, that theoretically you would probably want DeAndre Ayton, Ayton excuse me, to be playing that power forward position. I mean, maybe in spe- against specific lineups, it would be certain matchups, but it's not going to be any sustained uh period of time i don't think yeah i mean you're talking right there even those examples you're talking probably 10 to 15 minutes in four games a year maybe six eight games a year out of 80 some so i I don't see it being a regular pairing no i'm also the type of person that uh, wants to see teams try and buck a trend so if every single team is saying well we're going to play small i think sometimes teams need to say okay well then we're going to play big and (laughs) we're going to beat you up in the paint right there and we have seen that work in the past for example when you had uh okc with some of those uh twin tower lineups when they were going against the warriors it was really detrimental and i i would like to see it happen so i'm I'm not as uh hardened on this stance as you guys are i well i think you're already bucking a trend by having a guy like DeAndre Ayton as your center. He's more of a traditional big than most people are playing at center. So I think you're already kind of uh, in that you know, sticking your thumb in the eye of of some of what's going on in today's league. I just I don't see Aaron Baines and DeAndre Ayton being on the court being the best option at any point for you. Uh, maybe maybe if you had uh, a better backup center option uh, that the argument could be made for, but I just don't see Baines and and Aiton being the best option you can have out there. All right, so um, Greg, anyone's on the YouTube chat you want to pull yeah, up? Yeah, throwing Fabio up there. He wants to know uh, can we have some solar panel glasses? Tim, uh, I think this is uh, something you can work on because you obviously have the spectacle hookup here. I do have uh, a, a couple of pairs of glasses where I've actually had embroidered uh, embroidered uh, suns on the side, but no solar panel ones. So for now, you're going to have to deal with the suns shirts, really, solar panel shirts. You have you embroidered? Who embroiders something on glasses? What are you like a? You mean engraved? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> now he's making now he's making know. words <laughs> up. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go from uh, Brian. Brian wants to know how concerned are we about Aiton on defense? I'll be concerned after another year. Uh, I got to watch him. I got to watch him develop. He's not a natural, but he can be effective if put in the right scheme and told what to do at the right times. Um, he's a quick learner, from what I've heard. He's got really great feet, from what we've seen. Um, it's just a matter of him putting it together. Amari Stoudemire was never a great defender, but he was not the reason the Suns lost any particular championships. It was the entire team's defensive philosophy that lost championships. Uh, there are a lot of great players who were not great defenders, but they were good enough for their team not to be um, not to lose because of that. So I'd say that DeAndre Ayton won't ever be a top five defensive player, and we need to be okay with that. Yeah, I, I'm very much of the same mindset. I think he'll at some point will be good, will never be great, and that's okay because as long as he's great on the offensive end, you're going to get what you what you hoped for out of DeAndre Ayton. So I, I need to see steps this year. I need to see progress and him moving towards that good category, that, that, that solid category. But I'm not I, – I just I don't expect him to ever be great on defense, and that's okay with me. I'm in life in general. I'm all about lowering your expectations. <laughs> that's why you do this podcast. I yes. I have so many so <laughs> many comments to make, and I am just gonna I'm gonna leave it alone. It'll cut too deep. So uh, let's uh, let's go to our buddy Jim uh, over on the chat and he wants to know and i assume he means espo he he pulls a tim here it says what is expo's favorite joke uh and i think that this i'm gonna go with an oldie but a goodie and it'll show you how my humor was informed over the years but hey dave does your face hurt why 
because it's killing me. And everybody, that yeah, is Tip Your didn't... Waitresses. That's one of my favorites uh, that my uh, my uncle. Servers. I'm here all week. My uncle used to say that every time he uh, he came to a family dinner. Every time he saw Christmas. you. Uh, no, wasn't always directed towards me, but that was. Uh, <laughs> That gives you an idea of how I got this warped, weird, crappy sense of humor. So that is one of my favorites. So, How did the zero become an eight? This sounds like a sex joke. I don't want to know. No. How did the zero become an eight? He put, he put on a belt. Jeez. <laughs> Can we end this, Tim? Yeah, we're, we're done. So everybody listening, <laughs> if you want to support the show, hit the support the show button uh, in the description or the show notes below. We will be back again this Wednesday, 7 o'clock Arizona time for a short midweek. And of course, every single Saturday, you can join us live here on YouTube at 7 a.m. Arizona time. Or if you like the or if you prefer the condensed version of the show, you can always listen on the podcast form anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And by condensed version, Tim means if you'd like to hear the show without dave clearing his throat head over to itunes <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be about 10 minutes shorter <laughs> dude dude i had to put in the chat and that you guys can't see that dave if you clear your throat one more time i'm going to flip there's two hours of editing on this now thank you it, it's gonna be a 30 minute episode what do you what do you get done with it so enjoy everybody <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, thank you everybody so much for joining, and we'll see you again on Wednesday. It's almost as distracting as, as Greg's um, microphone moving around on his shirt. I don't have a microphone on my shirt. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like, yeah, you were scratching something All the right. entire time. Nah, we're, we're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs>